If you saw anything posted online, you know the title of my message this morning is Stuck in Saturday. Stuck in Saturday might sound like a weird title for an Easter message. The subtitle, if you would, was From the Cross to the Empty Tomb. So this morning we're going to look at this maybe just a little differently than a typical Easter morning. We'll we'll get there. But I want to spend just a few minutes challenging each one of us to look into our own mindset sometimes. Try to understand the mindset of the disciples maybe a little bit better as they went from Friday to Sunday morning. I know this is a rhetorical question, but have you ever stood beside the casket of someone who you loved who passed away or stood along the graveside of someone you loved that passed away? I'm sure almost every single one of us here would say yes to that. The reality for that person, the deceased, those that have left us, the reality is life for them as we know it on earth is over. It's finished. While we recall the memories, we recall the good times, we may recall the challenges and the difficulties that we went through together with that loved one. And that's all good. And even though we have this certain hope of knowing that if they're a Christian and we're a Christian, we're going to see and be reunited again in heaven for eternity. But the reality is there's an empty feeling that that person that we love is gone. Things have changed. And they're never going to be the same again. Not on this earth. The feeling that that relationship that we had is over, is still there, even though we know they were Christians, even though we know we're going to see them again. That relationship is past. It's done. You know, Good Friday really commemorates the crucifixion. And what we call Easter Sunday commemorates the resurrection. But in between those two was Saturday. That Saturday Saturday mindset that set in, even amongst the disciples, those who had been with Jesus for three years or so, living with him, almost with him continually, except when he would escape to get away to pray and be with the Father. Hearing the most astounding teaching that's ever been spoken on this earth seeing miracles that no one has ever done before or since. They'd seen it all. But his body was in a rock tomb. He was dead. That Saturday in between Good Friday and Easter morning could truly commemorate Desperation, disillusionment, despair, uncertainty, perplexity, all of this wrapped into one because of the disciples and what had happened. 
When we look at the disciples, and I've shared some of these things even recently, sometimes, you know, we can get to this place, we look at the disciples, and we read this in the Word, and we're like, how in the world? It's one of those struck yourself in the forehead moments where how could they not get it? How could they not understand? I think we need to remember where they were at emotionally, mentally, psychologically, even physically to a degree. They were absolutely stuck, wallowing, if you would, in the circumstances of everything that had taken place in those previous days. Jesus had appeared from all natural sources to have failed completely. He's dead. He's in a tomb. This is the guy that they had given their lives to. They'd left everything to follow him. His very life had given them meaning. And now he was gone. They were still hiding behind closed doors. In their mind, at that moment, death was absolute. There was no one there anticipating and expecting and waiting for the resurrection. It just wasn't there. And what's so crazy about that is when we look at a few scriptures, how clear Jesus had tried to be in preparing them for this moment. In the Gospel of Mark, in three consecutive chapters, he he makes such a clear statement in chapters 8, 9, and 10. Just look at part of those verses. In Mark 8, he says, it says, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed... And after three days, he will rise again. In Mark chapter 9, the very next chapter, in verses 30 through 32, he says, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him. But after three days, he will rise. And the next chapter, chapter 10, he says to him, we're going to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him, spit upon him, flog him, and kill him. And three days later, he will arise. He made it clear to each one. It begs for me to ask, what's going on? You know, it almost seems like Jesus, this prophet of God, at the very least, they saw him as a prophet who had taught these amazing things. They saw him as one who was establishing the kingdom, a kingdom he talked about regularly. They saw him as this mighty man, this this Messiah who had healed the sick and the lame and cast out demons and even raised the dead. And they're wondering, are religious leaders of all people, those who have been leading us, God's chosen leaders to teach the people the old covenant, rejected him and killed him. 
What in the world is going on? I'm pretty sure at that moment, trying to put myself in their place, they would find themselves totally confused. What was his mission? What was his work for? What was it supposed to accomplish? Was it just supposed to be an exciting three years? Most of us know that there had been other men throughout their history who had claimed to be this Messiah, and every one of them had failed. Was Jesus just another one that failed? Could this be true? They had to be asking themselves some questions like, what was the past all about? What was that for? What about the present? Here we are hiding in this room behind this big door, scared for our own lives, and the man that we were following and thought was the Messiah is in a tomb. The present makes no sense. And then what about the future? They'd left everything. Everything had changed all of a sudden when Jesus was crucified and put in that tomb. What about the future? You know, when the women went to the grave that Easter morning, as I mentioned, they were not going there to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, were they? It says very clearly in Mark chapter 16, we'll read these verses, starting at verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, that would have been their, what we call Saturday, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? There is no clue, there is no hint that they were expecting a resurrection. They were going to embalm the body of Jesus because he was dead. Their hopes were buried. We can almost get a picture, and I'm not going to spend any time on this, but many of you would be familiar with the story of the two disciples that Jesus actually met on the road to Emmaus. He met them on the road to Emmaus, and he walked with them, and he talked with them, and they didn't know who he was. They didn't recognize him. And as they went along, where are these disciples going? They're going home. What else is there to do? Jesus is dead. Saturday was a terrible day because they were trapped in the mindset of their circumstances. You know, and we too can easily get trapped into a Saturday type of mindset. It's easy for all of us. I don't care how spiritual we are or how spiritual we think we are. We can all fall into that snare. It's easy to do. When something happens that brings us into this place where our whole life is changed, <clears throat> much like the disciples thought theirs was, all of a sudden, where did our hope go? Everything we expected 
for our life is now different. Boy, our courage is gone. The plans that we'd made have been totally thrown out the window. We can even slip into that place of believing that somehow our life is really over and futile. We, where, where do we go from here? How do we change? Is there an escape? And when we get in that Saturday mindset, then again, we'll, we all get there at one time or another. It's easy to slip into that. We need to remember that God's plan, his promises, and the hope that we have in Christ hasn't changed. Our circumstances are kind of blotting out his plan. And we can get stuck there. What did it take for the disciples to get awakened out of that Saturday mindset? That's what we're going to look at. Because in that is where we find our hope this morning. You know, it's interesting that the Pharisees seem to remember something that the disciples had either not heard somehow or at least forgotten. Because the Pharisees, if you remember, after he was in the grave, they went to Pilate and said, hey, this guy made a claim he was going to raise from the dead. He said he will rise in three days. Now, we know that's absolutely impossible. We know it's absurd, and we don't believe it for a second. But just to make sure his his disciples don't pull a fast one over all the world, we need to have you put a guard there and seal the tomb to make sure they can't come and steal his body and then spread this myth that he rose from the dead. The Pharisees remembered that teaching. So they did this, as we're all familiar with the story. And when the women came, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, Salome, another lady named Joanna, they got there and the stone was already gone. It was rolled away. And the tomb was empty. But they were still so locked into that Saturday mindset, even when the angels told them, he's not here. He's been raised. They didn't really get it. They didn't understand. And when they finally went back and told the disciples, the disciples thought they were crazy. They must have seen a ghost or something. But then there's Mary Magdalene. And I I just, I think about this and I wonder of all the people that Jesus had fellowshiped with, why did he present himself to Mary Magdalene first? And I'm going to tell you up front, I don't know for sure, but I have some thoughts. And my thoughts encourage me. Mary Magdalene, still confused in her pain of what had taken place, the loss. I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture in John chapter 20. And we'll note something I think is unbelievably significant. Jesus speaks her name. And her world changed. John chapter 20, verse 10. The disciples went back to their homes after getting to the tomb. It would be Peter and John. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and this is Mary Magdalene. 
And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord. They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him, and I'll get him. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, meaning teacher. Seeing the empty tomb did not take Mary's grief away. Having two angels speak to her did not take her grief away. The sadness of that Saturday was covering her heart so thoroughly the grief was still there. She turned and saw Jesus and thought he was the gardener and asked him, where have you taken his body? But notice when everyone else had left and thought Jesus was dead, if you read through the gospel stories, you're going to see one person refer to him as Lord. Mary Magdalene, where have you taken my Lord, the Messiah? Where have you taken him? Where have you put him? And at the name, her name, Mary, she realizes that her Lord is alive. And then she believed. She believed that Jesus had been raised from the dead. And her Saturday mindset instantly was changed to Sunday morning, to the resurrection, to a risen Savior, to a God who lives, a God whose plans and purposes and the hope that she had in him all still remain. Instantly, her name being spoken by her Lord. I mentioned earlier the two disciples on the road to Emmaus And there's a clear message in there, and it's in a few other places in the Gospels, but it's something that the disciples missed. In the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of hearing to believe, of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And then in John chapter 20, verses 8 and 9, it says, Finally, the other disciple, this would be John, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And to rise from the dead, guess what? You've got to die first. Jesus told them, I must die and I must be raised again. I must rise from the dead as evidence 
as proof that the sacrifice that's been made through my body, dying on that cross, was sufficient and is acceptable to the Father, and that your sins are forgiven. I must rise from the dead. I must rise. It is finished. The penalty of sin had been paid in full. And when he says these words, it is finished, and he raises from the dead, it's a new beginning for all who believe in Jesus Christ. We celebrate Easter morning. We celebrate the new life available to all in Christ, available to everyone who would receive. In closing, I kind of want to go back to Mary Magdalene for just a second. Why her? I don't know. But here's a thought. When I look through the scripture and I watch the ministry of Jesus, I see over and over and over a word, an emotion, a feeling that Jesus had before he did almost every major healing and miracle. He was moved by compassion. I believe personally possibility of why Mary, Mary Magdalene loved him so much because she'd been delivered from so much. And Jesus, the loving God, the loving Jesus that he is, was moved by compassion. And he presented himself to Mary. If we're stuck in our seasons of darkness, we need to remember the compassion of Jesus. Even in those moments where we're wrestling to get out of that Saturday mindset, we need to realize and take a moment and just kind of listen for your name. When he says to you, Mike, or Bob, or Cindy, Julie, your name, his compassion, his love, his plans, his purposes, and his hope. One of the most amazing things about our Lord that's so different than human beings is when I'm stuck in that Saturday mindset, he doesn't get ticked off at me. He doesn't get impatient with me. He just loves me and will speak my name. And when we celebrate Easter, it's good to to remember all of these things. The, the reason Easter morning was so astounding and amazing and wonderful is because Friday and Saturday were so terrible. We have those times when we can get stuck, but we never lose hope. He will speak your name. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you and praise you for the good news of the gospel of your son, Jesus. Father, I pray this Easter morning that if there would be anyone here who has never accepted the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, your son, never acknowledged their need for a savior, never repented of their sins, today would be the day they would remember that you died on that cross for all their sins. And they are forgiven when we accept the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, your son as our Lord and Savior. God, I pray for each one of us that may even be stuck in that Saturday mindset this morning. That we would hear your name clearly and we would hear you speaking our name clearly. 
that we would be reassured that your plans and your purposes for us and our life will come to pass. You are faithful and you are true. So Lord, we praise you this morning for the joy of the resurrection. God, as I just even imagine Jesus sitting at your right side, your right hand, praying for us even now in the midst of whatever's going on in our lives. I pray, Lord, as we go forth today to do the things that we have planned, to fellowship, to celebrate, to enjoy family and friends, that you would go before us, that you would watch over us, that you would keep all those travelers on the roads today, keep them safe, watch over them. Father, we pray that the things that we do, the things that we say, even the things that we think bring glory and honor to you. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful rest of your Resurrection Sunday.